0: So if you want to go online, you can go and check it out for yourself. But he says um, he was talking about the lukewarm, the righteous, the ungodly, and what's going to take place in the nation of the United States and other nations that's crossed the land. He first dealt with the lukewarm church in the prophecy that God gave him, that God said that they... And what does lukewarm mean? I'm glad you asked. Because we see in Revelation chapter three, God told the lukewarm church, the Laodicean church, that they were lukewarm. He said that they, he would spew out of his mouth or as the scripture puts it, vomit out of his mouth, those that were lukewarm. Lukewarm means mildly warm. But also means, as you look what Scripture is giving us, lacking in conviction. I've never seen such a time when people are lacking in conviction with their walk with the Lord. But it's also lukewarm with their faith. Also means lacking the courage to follow God or even to rebel against him. These were disgusting to God, according to Scripture. The prophecy said this, I'm not going to because it's pages after pages of what God gave him. You can go online and look for yourself. But he said the lukewarm church, the lukewarm people, those that are lukewarm that are coming to church, but yet they're not really in tune with God. God says, I'm pulling my presence from those My presence is no longer going to be with them. I have lingered with them long enough. What he's really putting into play. But he said the righteous, those that have given their lives fully to God, they desire God. Some of you have been asking, God, don't you hear me? But in 2018, God says, I have heard you and I am going to pour out upon you that ones that are righteous, the ones that are looking, the ones that are convicted and going after what I have, I'm going to pour out blessings. The lukewarm will no longer be dealt with. The lukewarm church, there's many. He says, I have blessed them and tried to bring them up, but now I'm going to pull the blessings and I'm going to pour it out upon those that have been seeking my face. Get ready, church. That's rejoicing. The lukewarm, if you've been lukewarm, if you've been hesitant of diving into the things of God, God's given you a space of repentance. I want you to hear this. God is going to bring in to the church those that have been seeking God. He says, there's been things been reserved and held back and God says, I'm going to release it. He says, I've heard your prayers and I'm going to release what you've been asking for. Because some of you have said, God, don't you even hear me? God, don't you know I'm here? But you held on. You've counted the cost. The last thing that the prophecy kind of brings into play, there's a lot more to it. I'm just kind of highlighting things. He said, there's going to be some ungodly sinners that are going to start coming into those churches where the pouring out is going to come to pass. So get ready, church. We've already had a, a word given in this place. Harvest is coming. This goes along with what I heard. I think our, our, we, we're due for a church. Yes. Can I hear an amen on that one? Amen. I think God's going to pour out upon those that have been, have been waiting and seeking. You've been faithful. God wants to give you what he has from his word and those are going to be coming in. One thing that he did say, and I'll leave it here. This is the last part. He says, so many have lingered towards the preaching so much he says, there's nothing wrong with preaching. But he says, God's going to switch gears in 2018 to demonstration. Word's been preached. Word's been given. Word's been getting out there. And he says, now, they're not saying that they're not going to be preaching. But he said that more demonstration. God's going to prove his word. In other words, what he's going to say. I'm going to demonstrate. He says, you're going to see signs and wonders and miracles in these last, this last day movement. How many's ready for it? Yes. Yeah. I can't wait to see what's coming. You know, I I got up and I got, when that word came to me and I listened to it, my heart was leaping. I was thinking, Lord, uh, that's me. (laughs) Lord, I've been seeking you. It's like God was just saying, this is you. He says, you've been wondering why the lukewarm church has been blessed. He says, I've been trying to coax them to get into place, but they're not. So he says, they've been worshiping the blessing more than they're worshiping me. God says, I'm gonna turn the tide. Now, let's get into today's message. It's going to be in more than just one part because I can't finish it all today. But it's called crossover. How am ready to crossover? Yeah. Yeah. Leaving where you were to go to where you need to be. Yeah. To do what you've never done before that requires you to go to some places you've never gone before. So thank God I'm getting ready to cross over, church. Yeah. I'm getting ready to move to where God really wants us to be. In other words, I'm exiting into i 'm exiting from one place into another. Some of you've been hungry for quite some time. you 've desired a move of God. you've desired God to to do some mighty and wonderful things. Get ready, church. I truly believe this is going to also be a year of crossover. There's going to be a lot of people who has been hungry. The remnant, those that have been seeking and desiring God, getting ready to exit some areas that the move is not there and move into where God says, I need you here, because this is where the move's going to be. God's going to pour out in pockets the move of God. The latter rain is coming, church. Amen. Glory to God. Go to Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 18, we'll read down to verse 24. Keep note of this because there's so much here. There's so much that needs to be pulled out of these few scriptures. This is the glorious company that God's talking about, the glorious church. But it goes into talking about Moses and what took place with the children of Israel. Verse 18, for you have not come to the mountain that may be touched and that burned with fire and to blackness and darkness and tempest and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words so that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore for they could not endure what was commanded and if so much as a beast touches the mountain it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow and so terrifying was the sight of that moses said i am exceedingly afraid and trembling this is what was happening with the children of israel verse 22 but you say me, me have not have come to mount zion and to the city of the living god the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who were registered in heaven to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkled, sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. This is where we've come to church. Say, I am the church. I am the the body of Jesus Christ. God has brought us into Mount Zion, a place where God is spiritually speaking, a place that God desires to be. Jerusalem is a city of God. He's put his name on it, even on the city in Israel called Jerusalem. God has put his name on that city and thank God he said, that's mine. He's brought us to that place, church. He's brought us into that areas. And there's so much more that God desires to give us and show us. And God wants us to move into that realm. It's time to cross over. Tell your neighbor, it's time to cross over. Stay standing, if you would, please. Go to Exodus chapter 5. Two more verses we want to bring out. Verses 1 and 2. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. Hey, neighbor, says we're getting ready to leave. leave. And you may be seated. I believe we're entering into a generation that is being raised up that is going to be giant killers. Let me say that again. I believe God is raising up a generation. There's been some on the sidelines for quite some time. They think they've got things uh, locked up, but God says, I'm raising up a generation that's going to go after the enemy. That's going to be a giant killers. That's going to come into that realm and say, this is what the Lord desires and wants. I'm taking back what God says belongs to the church. I truly believe God's going to pour out. He's pouring out now, but it's going to be a gully washer. He's just going to say, I'm just going to pour all out. Can I, can I shout on this one? The devil can't stop it. That's right. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Satan can't even stop it. Because when God starts moving, God starts moving, what he says he's going to do, the devil cannot stop it. I'm talking about your families. I'm talking about what God wants to do to you. The devil's not going to stop it. I'm crossing over. I'm exiting what used to be to move into the realm of what now is going to happen. Glory to God. Settle down, pastor. You're getting too excited. I'm telling you what, God's placed some good things and we're getting ready. I'm getting ready. I'm crossing over. I'm moving into that realm that God has. God shows us from Exodus some things. They were in bondage. So many people are in bondage. So many people that are going to church that love the Lord, they've been in bondage for quite some time. You're getting ready to get freed. You're getting ready to get released. Uh, Thank God. I'm ready for that. See, we see that the devil tries to keep you down. Trouble tries to keep you under that bondage. But how many knows when God moves and God speaks and God's going to bring you out? Exodus, you know what it means? To exit. To leave. They were in bondage for 400 years. The children of Israel have been in bondage for that long a time. But we see that uh, by Exodus, what God was saying I'm your deliverer. I'm the one that's going to bring you out. He was showing the people of Israel, says, I am the all in all. I am that that I am. How many knows that he is the great I am? Give me just a little bit of work here or uh, time to lay some foundational work here. Exodus is full of typologies. I want to pull a few typologies out as we move forward in this crossover uh, time that we're looking at as we begin this year. There's some typology, and what is typology? Asked Pastor. It says, it is a time that, or is an area that it brings out what is significant of what the story is being told or what is happening. It is also means and tells you what the story really means and what's happening with a certain time. Egypt. For example, is a type of sin or world. How many of you knows the world wants to get a hold of you and pull you back? Yes. Just like uh, somebody that's been addicted to something, something just keeps craving after you and pulling you back. But I believe God wants to pull you towards Him. God wants you to go towards Him. He's your deliverer. Yes. The second area, Pharaoh, which we read. Pharaoh is a representation or a type of Satan. I'm not letting these people go. You know, Satan is telling God, they're mine. You can't have them. They're not leaving. But how many knows when God moves, you're going to get free. Moses is a type of Old Testament Messiah. He comes in and brings the good news, the message, and he brings a word of deliverance. But we also see something else happen, a sacrificial offering that was taking place before the children of Israel left. And how many knows the blood of the lamb? Say the blood of the lamb. That is a sacrificial picture of Christ himself. When Christ shed his life blood, how many is when you start pleading the blood, Satan cannot stand it? By the blood of Jesus, Satan cannot, demons have to bow at the blood of Jesus. When they applied and they took the blood, they were released. Thank God for that. See, what God was teaching them, he says, how to escape from sin, from the world system. How to be liberated and be free. What he was showing them, he says, I am your liberator. I am the one that will bring you out. One thing, though, we always look to everything natural. God doesn't use knives and swords and spears and all these other things to bring deliverance. But he used the blood. Used something that the world would think, that's kind of off the mark. It doesn't sound right. But how many knows that when God says the blood will deliver, the blood of Jesus will deliver every single one. The blood was given to us not only as a source of release, but a source of new life a source of covenants because when God allowed Jesus to shed his life's blood, one little drop was enough to cleanse every sin that you had. One little drop could take away the things that's been drawing you away from God to draw you to God. One little drop could bring forgiveness and bring liberation that no longer has hold on you. One little drop of blood that brings freedom to every single one of us. Is by the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus set families free. Not just one family, but every family, and one family at a time. God's plan put the blood on the doorpost, on the lintel, put it on there. You got to take note of this. God says, if you're ready to cross over, you've got to apply the blood so your family will be free. That your family can go free. See, it was where the death angel was going to come in. God sent the death angel by night. But they said, when the angel saw the blood, what did he do? He passed over. God's plan was for each man in the Old Testament to apply the blood. The responsibility went on the man in the Old Testament. New Testament, it changes because it's for every individual to apply the blood, but for each family, it's still for the adults. Every single one of us has a right to enter in now. According to heaven, there is no male or female in God's sight. We are all one. Aren't you glad for that church? responsibility of to apply the blood on your house starts with the adult children doesn't know my granddaughter doesn't know it's up to the parents to give the things of God over her life when she gets out on her own becomes an adult then it's up to her but while that is see we can still apply the blood today I can go and say, God, I plead the blood in my home. God, I plead the blood upon the door. God, I plead the blood upon every, I can pray over my bedroom. I can pray over my children's bedroom. And I did. There's many times they didn't know I was praying over them. They didn't understand what was going on, but I, I was taking responsibility. We as adults need to take responsibility. Before we can cross over into the realm, we've got to take a hold of what God's given us. God's plan for was for us as individuals to take a hold of what God has. That means there should be some praying people. Yes, yes, yes. Not just in church time, but they should be praying at home. See, that's our responsibility for deliverance. These praying adults should be praying at home. But I've seen parents over the years, I want you to mark this down. They used to go to church, but they seen how important it was. So they would say, I'm gonna send my kids. How have ever seen that before? When I was running the bus at Lighthouse Church, Pentecostal Lighthouse, I was running one of the buses. We'd pick up kids. And the parents would see them off, but they wouldn't come. Things are changing, church. It's time we get back to the responsibility and say, "God, I want my family saved. I want my family delivered." You know what they were saying; those parents were, "Do as I say, but don't do as I do." How many's ever seen people in, like that? I'm going to tell you what to do, but you're not going <laughs> to. But see, we need some adults. We need some those that's going to be responsible and say, "Follow me," as I follow Him. See, we need some young people to say, I want to follow them because they're going after God. See, that's where it starts. It starts with us. Say, it starts with me. 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 You know what it tells me? Because they took the responsibility. My responsibility in my home starts me commanding Satan, take your hands off. That should be a big amen. Amen. So be it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take a hold of my house and I'm going to pray over it. If you've got anything in your house that is not like God, you need to get rid of it. Cleanse it. Get it out of your house. There's things that are holding people back and they wonder why God's not moving. God says, no more lukewarmness is going to take place. I'm not going to be around that anymore. I'm separating myself from that. It vomits. I vomit those people out, those situations out. Time to get close to God. Time to cross over. Be what God says to be. That's what he was saying to them. You need to tell Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you, This cannot be accomplished, though, or you cannot even have this type of victory if only time you wait till Sunday to do it. Let me get down to the nitty-gritty. If all you wait is till Sunday to get close to God or try to hear from God, that's all you're going to hear is what you hear from that time. But the victory for your house starts with you. Seven days a week, You need to start crossing, exiting from what used to be to where you need to be. What made my grandparents on my dad's side so powerful? Because they would pray, not when they got to church. They was doing it seven days a week. Reading the word of God, I would walk in and see them. Reading the word of God, they would be praying. My grandmother was the type that she always kept her hair up in a bun Very, she did not let it down just for anybody, but she did with the grandkids and the kids. She'd have it down and my grandpa would comb her hair and how they comb and they would talk about the word of God. She'd talk about the word of God. She was a prayer warrior. She understood how to get a hold of things of God. We need some praying adults. We need some people that know how to get a hold of God. If you want to, um, in other words, uh, if all you have is a Sunday morning relationship with God, you're not going to get very far. You're not going to get her. That's like saying, I'm going to go down to Indianapolis with a dollar's worth of gas in my tank. <laughs> you ain't going to get very far. You got to fill her up. That's what God is saying. You got to fill your life up. You got to not just have a casual encounter with me. You've got to have some seriousness behind your life with me because I am calling you out of Egypt and into a place where I can bless you, where I can give you those things, where I can reveal, where I can be with you. That's what he was calling around. Let me say this. God did not meet them in Egypt. God did not come down to Egypt. He showed his power through Moses, the Deliverer. But God says, I want you out of Egypt. I want you out of sin. I want you out of the world to get a hold of what I have for you. You've got to come out, cross over into where I've got. Exit from where you were into where you need to be. You want know he told Moses? He says, I want the children of Israel to come out to have a feast unto me. I want them to worship me. I want them to come before me. You know what God was saying? And this is what I believe he's saying today. He's standing on the sidelines going like this, tapping his toe. Come on. He don't change. He's still the same. But he says, Come to me. Come to me. Jesus says, Come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This also begs some what scripture says in the New Testament, Matthew 6, 33, seek you first. What are you seeking for? That what did it turn God towards where the children of Israel were? Because they started crying out to God. The Bible said they started having prayer meetings. They knew they couldn't get out of this slavery by themselves, so they needed a help higher than themselves. Can I put it to you this way? We need God in this hour. We need God in our homes. We need God in our governments. We need God in everything we do. Yes. Quit looking to another source. Children of Israel have been in a, this place for 400 years. They had succumbed under pressure from their taskmasters. They were idols everywhere they looked. It got to the place, and let me put it this to you this way. When you succumb under pressure... What happens when you come under that type of pressure and you don't want to get close to God, you forget about God. You forget what God has for you. You forget who he is. And that's what was happening. They lost their culture. They lost their lifestyle. They lost everything they had. Because they succumbed under the pressure. It's time we shake off some things and cross over. See, scripture also says that when you cast out one demon and you don't get filled, you don't get what God has for you, what happens? He's going to come back and check your door. He's going to check your house. Oh, it's not filled. It's not full. It doesn't have what is there. So you know what he does? He goes get seven others. And the Bible says they're worse than what he is. See, God brought you out of confusion. Why stay in it? Right. Why not get filled? That's the reason why I have a trouble when somebody says, well, I only want God partially. I don't want to have it. That's a lukewarm person. That's right. You need to either be hot or cold. Right. God wants you hot. Come after me. Come out among, from those areas that you've been succumb under pressure. They started crying out to God and God heard them. God said, I'm coming to deliver them, and he set up Moses to do that. See, what happened? They even forgot their true God because all they see is other gods. If you don't watch it, that's all you'll see is the world system. You were, we're in this world, but we're not of it, church. Right. We're passing through. One day I'm leaving everything I got to head to a place that God prepared for me. Yeah. That's where I want to be. Right. That's where I desire to be. I don't want my tent stake so deep that I can't pull him up when he calls me home. I want to let go. I want to go. That's what we need to do right now. You need an exit to move into where God wants you to be. Far too many people are holding on to the things around them. The demons are, are pest- pestering them so much that they don't know which way to turn. It starts by you saying, God, I can't do this on my own. That's right. I need you to help me. Everyone that has addictions, they have good, meaning, well, things that they want to try to get rid of those things. But sometimes you need help. Yes. And only God is the one that can deliver you. Yes. <laughs> Some, so many people have pharaoh types in their lives. They have so many things that comes. They have dysfunction. They have all kinds of problems. And these becomes like pharaohs. So we don't have feral that we see, but we do have these feral types. Some have trouble with habits and drug addiction, alcoholism, anger. Sometimes people even have financial mismanagement. Can you believe it? I could go on and on and on. But can I put it to you this way? God is over feral. Right. There's nothing higher than God. There's no one bigger than him. You can't paint a picture of him because he's much more than that. That's the reason why I believe eternity is gonna be God's revealing himself all through eternity. There's things that we've never even heard about. The half has not even been told. But there's so many people, they pray, and this is the way they pray. God, just get me out of the mess I'm in. That's as far as it goes. That's as far as it goes. God, I I got out of the mess. That's it. You become lukewarm. You become like what Revelation says, lukewarm. God wants you hot, wanting to go after him. What did he say? He says, I freed you that you might worship me. If you're worshiping anything else than God, that is taking a place of God. You need to put it aside. And I don't have anything against pleasure, but when pleasure takes the place of God, there's something wrong. We have a lot of people not wanting to go to church. They said, I've been hurt. You need to get over it and move into the place that God has for you. Yes. We've all been hurt, but God's got something free for you and he's got to give you out of the place where you're in. That's the sphere of intimidation. Let it go. Move towards God. Yes. So they can feast and worship. Said, let my people go. It's what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Can I declare to you today? And I'm declaring over the airwaves. Let my people go. Yes. <laughs> let my people go, Satan. Let my people go. Let them come and worship God like God desires. Yes. Like he wants. See, God does not bring you out of trouble so you can get back into the same mess or another mess. God's not in that business. I'll bring you out of Egypt, but I'm taking you someplace. I'm going to bring you out of the world, out of the sin, out of the areas so I can take you into a different place. In other words, he's taking you out so he can take you in. That's what he desires to do. So many times people will pray, get me out of this, and I'll never do it again. How many's ever heard that? I'll never do it again, God. But without God in your life, without you getting a hold of everything that God has, you'll backslide. Israel was still in a backslidden condition when they was under the bondage that they was in. They was in a backslidden condition. They was away from God. They had entered into a place. In that area is, see, God's not in the business for you just to celebrate in your freedom and your liberty. I'm free, I'm free, and that's it. God has more for you. He's got a purpose. If you don't fill your life with God's purpose in your life, if you don't fill your life with the Holy Ghost, if you don't fill your life with his word, if you don't fill your life with prayer, if you don't fill your life with church going and fellowship with other believers, you'll find yourself in a mess. In 2018, God is not winking anymore. God says, either you're going to be there or you're not. If you're not, I've got some other ones that wants to be. It's time we get serious with God, church. See, to get out of one thing and never get filled with something else, you'll be in confusion. What happens? The enemy comes and he brings other things seven times worse So I'm telling you right now, until you get a hold of God and get what he has for your life and the purpose he has for your life. He gave a purpose for Israel. I'm bringing you out, but I'm taking you to the end. The stopping point was at Mount Zion. The stopping point that he wanted him to go was to a place that he calls his own. But on your way, we're going to stop at this mountain. And at this way, you're going to have a feast unto me. I like feasts. It's a celebration. On Sundays, we celebrate a feast of the resurrection of Jesus. We should be celebrating who he is and what he's done. But more than that, he raised us up from the sinful state we were in. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. I know where I'm going. We should be celebrating, and that's what God says: worship me. You have a feast, you get together, but you start worshiping me. Thank God for that. You need to start setting things in line. Only answer is to plug into God's purpose. The meeting place was the crossing over from Egypt into God's land of plenty. He had a place for them, where that they didn't build houses. They didn't plant vineyards and the cattle and the sheep and all the animals and all the fixings was right there. God's got a place for all of us, church. He wants us to get into that place where he has for us. But if you don't learn to cross over and exit those things, you'll never enter in to where he has. I've seen too many times people come up and you can tell, I just want out of the mess I'm in, out of the pain I have. That's all I want. But they never want to move in where God wants us. That's the reason why I think sometimes God doesn't heal them. They just want relief. That's it. God's got a plan and purpose for you. A great plan. It's a wonderful plan. You know what God says? I will meet you there. Not in Egypt, but here. You can stay in the same old mud hole you want to. You can stay in the same old things that you want to. God wants you there. He's standing there. Are you coming? Tapping his toe like a father? Come on. Come on. That's what he desires. You know, the prodigal son left the house. The father never chased after him. There's a lot of people chasing after their kids and they're wondering why they're not coming home. Get in prayer, plead the blood, claim them for Jesus. Allow God to do what he needs to do in their lives. I don't want to see them hurt, allow God to change their hearts. I can't live a life for my kids when they get older. When they're in my house, yes, I set boundaries for them. But when they get older, they've got to answer to God. You can't answer for him. Amen? Amen. You can do what you can. All you need to do is pray for him, plead the blood of Christ on their lives. God, go after him, sick him. <laughs> I don't care how you put it. God loves them. He does love your kids, but you chasing after him is not going to solve the problem. giving him everything under the sun, won't solve the problem. (laughs) I've seen that happen so many times. You know what he's asking you to do? Exit where you're at and cross in to what he has. I truly believe there's some that's been waiting on those sidelines. They're ready to exit where they're at to move in where God has. The reason why I truly believe we got a generation that's going to be giant killers. You're going to see some young people that's going to start raising up because young people have energy. They want to see something done. They want to see things happen. Others kind of sit back and says, well, I haven't seen it yet. I'm just going to wait. And God says, it's time to rise up. It's time to move. It's time to go where he's calling us. Can I hear an amen on that one? God's blessings is not in Egypt. He called them out of there. God's blessings in another place. I was ready to move 23, 2018, 2018. This is new beginnings church. And I truly believe that God's given us a new beginning and God is going to say enough with this other stuff. There's things that's going on that they have marketing and they do this and they know how to do it, but God didn't put his stamp of approval on it. And God says, there's going to be some people that is going to be unnamed. Some are going to be uneducated. Some are not going to have the wherewith, but God's going to give them the ability to do what he needs. They're going to have a voice in our political ranks, in our nation, in our churches, in our communities. Get ready, church. I truly believe God's raising up a people. But just not getting serious with God is not going to change things. First thing that Israel did was cry out. Then he sent Moses and Aaron. And when they walked in, let my people go. And just like the enemy, I'm not letting them go. They're mine. And God showed a difference because how many knows God's over Pharaoh? How many's ready to cross over? Leave where you were to go where God has. Some of you say, well, what do I need to do? Pastor, how do I need to go? You need to let God lead you. You say, and you'll know within your heart what God's leading you towards because you have a speciality, a gift that God's given you that is going to be a blessing for the body of Christ. And only you can fulfill it. I cannot fulfill it. In this year, you need to say, God, I want to start moving the direction that you want me to move. And he will open the doors. It may be in ways that you never thought. It may be areas that you never thought. But I'm telling you, God wants to move you into a better place. How many's ready to go? Where well, you've never been before. Israel had never been there before. But it was a place that God had designed for them. And God's got a place for you.